just going to invite Ivor and Jackie to come up. They're from Victoria. They've traveled from the distant lands. And I'm going to turn it over to them. They're on team with us, and we love and appreciate this couple. They are family. Wonderful. We love being family here at Oceanside. I absolutely love coming and ministering and being part of this church and entering into the worship, which just takes you to heaven. I hope you touched them today in the worship. Um, I just want to say hi. We've come all the way from Thetis Island this morning. <laughs> Ferry ride, etc., etc. Beautiful, beautiful dawn this morning coming getting um, up and coming over. We were with the Trinityites over there on a leader's retreat. The rest of them, most of them are still there, except those that had to go back and cover the church this morning. But the rest of them are still there, um, having a great time leaving a little later this afternoon. And um, Mark and Jen Dutoy, who are leading the group there, and us now, are um, sent their greetings to you. They wanted to say hi and send their love to you. And we were blessed yesterday that you guys sent someone to us. We mm. had Paul and Katie and Andy and Camilla come over and spend the afternoon ministering to us, which was lovely. We had some awesome teaching. We had some awesome worship. We had some awesome prophetic words. One prophetic word that um, Paul brought, actually, really ministered to me because um, last, um, last week... You know, I've been praying for people in family, some of you probably the same, maybe longer, 44 years. And, you, um, and after a while, you, you just pray the prayers that you normally pray. But last week, um, I prayed something for one of the members of my family, and I thought, Lord, that's not how I normally pray. I didn't even think that up. That came from you. And the word was, catch him. Mm. And I felt like God was saying, and I was verbalizing, catch him, and I'm asking God, catch him, <laughs> and, um, and I thought, mm, that's strange and very different, not something I'd ever prayed before. Well, yesterday, Paul gets up, and there was quite a few of prophetic words from all the team there that were ministering for us, and there was, um, there was this word he said, God says that someone's been praying for a family member, and he wants you to know that God says, I've got them. Mm. And I, I just, and I Come thought, on. God, you're speaking to me all these years. You need these little encouragements, don't you, when you're praying yeah. for years and years and years. And I just felt like God was speaking to me and, and encouraging my heart that he's got them. And that there was a peace and a rest. And anyway, thank you. It's great to be with you. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Best thing in my life next to Jesus is Jackie. <laughs> 44 years later. We uh, both came to Christ at the same time. Um, Mike asked if I would share a little. You guys have been doing a series on the anointing and contending for God, I think. And uh, Mike said, we want you to come and just kind of share from a sort of historical background, you know, this bringing the old guy in who's experienced it sometime. I don't know what he wanted, but I don't know how much I got. But both Jackie and I, when we came to Christ, we were backpacking around the world for a couple of years uh, in the early 70s, and I'm really glad that we both gave our hearts to the Lord within a few days of each other. But uh, within a few days after that, we got uh, baptized in the Tasman Sea, and then a few days after that, uh, they told us about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a little Pentecostal church in Queensland, Australia. Good on you, Vanny. 
Your country led me to the Lord. Well, I, that's where I got saved anyways. So um, we both got uh, prayed for one night in the church, and uh, not much happened, you know. We kind of felt a little, something's happening, but we weren't speaking in tongues. And so uh, we, they encouraged us, just keep contending for a breakthrough. So we went home, went to bed, and we both woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, absolutely overwhelmed, speaking in tongues, full belt, and laughing uncontrollably. We just laughed for hours and hours, and I'm thinking, i got to get up in the morning, but I couldn't care less. I mean, we were just overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord, and uh, speaking in tongues, and just excited, and tried to go to work. I was working in a bar. It's very difficult when you're, uh, you know, serving people drinks. All you want to do is laugh, you know. I just keep holding this thing back. I just want to burst out in tongues, and so... That's kind of been our experience. So when, uh, I mean, speaking historically about a move of God, we met Mike and Deb when we were having a move at Trinity. Uh, We weren't relating to NCMI at the time. But there was just this wave that came in, a wave of refreshing that came in the 90s and spread around the world. And it came with joy. If you were around at that time, I mean, we just, it, it was like, the, my baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't surprised. I thought, yeah, Holy Spirit, he's come, coming with joy. And we would just have hours of laughing, and it was hard to get anything done in our elders' meetings. I'd get the elders together and say, look, we're going to accomplish something tonight, you know. No more of this being happy stuff, you know. <laughs> well, forget that, you know. We did get some things done, but boy, we sure had a lot of fun doing it. I feel like God just wanted to breathe upon the church and, uh, and refresh the church. And Trinity Christian Center was birthed with a heart to press into the things of the Spirit. So happy to hand off to Mark and Jen. They're just pressing on. And they said, we can't believe we were given this church. It's just so much of our heart. If you look back in the history and the words that have come in the past. But the church was birthed in the 60s. We've been around for over 50 years. And it came out of the North Battleford. There was a move in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Uh, people came from all over the world. Thousands of people got saved. And uh, that move was really, uh, had a number of dynamics to it. People getting healed and saved and other things happening. But I think one of the things about that latter rain movement was hours and hours of just singing in the spirit. They would sing. I mean, nobody leading worship. People would just start off with a chorus or a hymn and start singing that, and then it would go into tongues. And they said many times, people would stop, and you could just like hear angels. Uh, I mean, the the chorus carried on, you know. And so uh, with every move of God, there's mixture. And so, you know, there was mixture in that. And uh, then that kind of wave went out, and then we came into the, the charismatic move where a lot of us got saved, there was no good reason for me to get saved. I was just backpacking around the world, complete hedonist, didn't believe in God at all, and God just reached down and said, you're mine, you know, took, took me to himself. There was millions of us got saved around the world, and I think that charismatic move was really uh, a lot of different things happening, but I think one of the, the hallmarks of it was tongues, just uh, an emphasis upon speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Singing in tongues is sort of be the tone of it. And then that wave kind of receded a bit. We weren't seeing so much of that happening. And then another wave came in in the 80s uh, that we experienced at Trinity. And 
That was a wave of teaching around the world. How many of you know it's got to be God if people will sit and listen to teaching for two, three hours, you know? Just, we didn't want people to stop. We just, it's just like God just poured anointing on his word, raised up teachers. The fellow is really a father of mine, John Stone. He is a very uh, a teacher, great Bible teacher. He was leading at the time, and he just took us into God's truth. But I think the other thing that came in the 80s was another move was the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was a real release in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We kind of would teach on these gifts, and we sort of saw little bits of it, but suddenly we just started seeing the gifts really happening and operating. And then that wave kind of lifted off, and then we went into the 90s, and we were desperately crying out to God, and boy, God came in again with another wave and uh, refreshing with joy. And here we are in the 2000s, and guess what? We're looking for another move, aren't we? We need God. Uh, you can't live in revival. You can't live in, I mean, we did two years of just meetings every night, not every night for two years, but we'd have long extended times of day and night. People just wanted to be in church. They wanted to come and just bask in this refreshing. How many knows that's got to be God, you know, for people to come out every night uh, and every day during the day, just crowds of people coming, thousands of people getting saved, you know. Now you can go online and find all kinds of criticisms of this thing. If anybody wants to count for God, there's a criticism out there. It's so easy now to go online. And uh, I'm not saying there wasn't some mixture in all of those things. And people today say, no, that wasn't any move of God. I said, well, I don't know that the devil wanted hundreds of thousands of people to come to the Lord. <laughs> I mean, we, we didn't have anybody getting saved on Sundays, or I shouldn't say nobody getting saved, but the odd person getting saved. And then we went from that to people getting saved every Sunday. <laughs> when, it, when it first hit, I just thought, this is a, God is moving in the place. Is it, who wants to get saved? Twelve people ran to the front of the church, you know. People are saying, well, we don't like the look, we don't like all this joy and laughing stuff, you know. This can't be God, is it? I don't know. Twelve people got saved. I got nothing else to say, you know. <laughs> But listen, with each of those moves, I feel like God, we're, we're contending for God now. We want to see God move, and there's kind of, you know, kind of signs of it around the world, and we're starting to see. We heard about the miracles this morning. I just want to warn you, I'm not so sure it's going to come exactly the nice little tiny package you would like it to come in. <laughs> if there's anything that I can share with you out of my experience of these moves, these waves that we saw, none of them came the way we wanted them to, you know. Say, you know, the dear saints crying out for God in Victoria, and, and now suddenly it comes with tongues. They said, no, we want a move of God. We don't want it to look like that. We don't want tongues, you know. <laughs> and so we have this whole backlash, you know. Get ready for a backlash. I don't want to speak that over you, but that is the experience that we had at Trinity. Trinity said, we're only here for one reason. We don't care if people like us or not. We're going after God. Now that we go around trying to poke people in the eye, but if you want to go after God and see him move, get ready. There is a backlash from that. People want it to be nice and neat, you know. They used to call us the happy clappies back in the 60s, the 70s. <laughs> that was kind of a derogatory thing about Trinity. Oh, they're that happy clappy bunch, you know. Singing those weird songs, you know, like, this is the day, this is the day. Really edgy stuff, you know. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
That's funny. It's funny in secular music, isn't it? It's like the Beatles were this, you know, the older generation were going, oh, you know, we don't want anything to do with that. Now it's beautiful elevator music, you know. You got <laughs> symphonies doing all this. <laughs> uh, so you go to these churches now that used to deride us, and they're singing all these songs. And they're, anyways, let me get out of that subject. I, I better move on. What, what I'd like to say is, is when God comes in, it's like God, you know, there's lots of things in that move, but it's like joy. It's like God wants to remind us again, I actually want you to be happy, you know. <laughs> And here, boom, you know. No, God, we don't want that. We want all kinds of other things. No, get happy. It's in the words. So I'm going to share this morning. If you're having a hard time getting happy, I'm contending for a breakthrough for you. (laughs) That was great worship this morning. I was just crying through the whole thing. I thought, I'm supposed to get up here and talk. Jackie turns to me. She said, you better start smiling, you know. I mean, you're supposed to be preaching on that, aren't you? <laughs> uh, well, you just got to go with whatever God's got for you. So if you want to cry, you're welcome to cry, but I'm not demanding that you laugh. I just want to share with you from his word. It does say, therefore with joy, we will draw water from the wells of salvation. If you want the Holy Spirit, we want the waters of salvation, Lord. We need more water. We feel like we're on dry ground. We need to move of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We want to draw from that water. Give us your will, Lord God. Well, God says you'll have to get happy if you want it, you know. <laughs> get ready to get happy. Therefore, with joy you will draw water. I think that works both ways. I think if you want the Holy Spirit, it's going to come with joy. If you want the Holy Spirit, come with joy. I think both things happen. You, you will release. More of God in your life if you'll just break down and get happy (laughs) and start laughing and smiling. I mean, turn to somebody right now and just give them a great big smile and say, it was worth getting up an hour early this morning. Come on. (laughs) It's all right to be happy. I want to free you up. I free you up today. You know, this whole thing is absolutely serious, what God's called us to. I mean, the more leadership, the more responsibility God gives you, it is a seriously serious thing. I felt when that move came in and just God would slay us with joy, I, I said to my elders, you know, actually what God has called us to is too serious to take too seriously. You can take that to the bank. I want to say to you, What God has called us to is absolutely the most serious thing in the whole universe. There's nothing more important that people are pursuing right now than you and I together here pursuing the kingdom of God released in the earth. It's serious business that God has called us to. But guess what? God said, if you don't learn to laugh and rejoice in me, you're going to seriously be overwhelmed by this. Because I'm going to show you some things that you can walk away with a burden be bent out of shape the rest of your life. How many know there's a lot of Christians in that shape, you know? So this thing that I'm talking about, it's, it's funny about words that you bring, you know? Uh, it's, it's like I can hear sort of people saying, I thought we were going to get something serious this morning, you know? We need to get, there's serious things in the kingdom. We need to get down to these things. 
Well, I want to share with you this morning, this is the most serious thing. It's right up there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Stick with me. Don't, don't let me lose you here. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes when you feel like it, if it's a good day, no, always. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Rejoice. You want to say to Paul, yeah, I mean, get over yourself, Paul. Again and again and again and again. Rejoice. I'll say it again. I know I'm saying it too much, but hey, this is important. Rejoice. You need this. Well, let me give you a definition from the Greek. I've got to give you the Greek this morning. I'll just get a little bit serious here in this word. Because I found with joy that people kind of talk, it's like some ethereal, ethereal thing out there somewhere. It's somewhere in the clouds, you know. Now, joy is, is being happy. Have you heard that saying, uh, you know, joy is eternal, but happiness is fleeting? <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> think I think joy is supposed to look like something. I think joy is supposed to feel like something. I appreciate the sentiment of that, that thought, but rejoice in the Greek means to be cheerful, to be glad. It looks like something. <laughs> so I'm really joyful, you know. Look like you've been sucking on a prune or, or a, a lemon, I should say. <laughs> I'm just so full of joy. I'm just so full of joy today, you know. <laughs> So not everybody comes to the table with the same kind of happy face. I mean, look at this. I mean, I should have you up here smiling at everybody. You just got one of this. We don't have Deborah here this morning, do we? I mean, you don't get a chance to be too overly sad when you got Deb around. But I, I really want to say that it looks up. I, I looked up this word cheerful just in a dictionary. This is just a dictionary, you know, like Webster's or something. Cheerful means, in the dictionary, noticeably happy and optimistic, causing happiness by its nature or appearance. God says, I want you to be cheerful. I want you to be happy. I want you to rejoice. This is what rejoice means. It means to be cheerful. And cheerful actually means to look like something. <laughs> You're smiling. You've got something on your face. We can tell. Actually, this word here, this description, I thought, that's kind of interesting. It's got a whole message just in the definition of the word cheerful just in the English language, because it says, if you if really look at this, is this up on here? How are we doing? Oh, it was up there. Okay. I mean, noticeably happy produces optimism, uh, uh, optimism causing happiness and by its nature or appearance. In other words, if you get happy, I mean, part of being cheerful is that you actually affect things. You, you come into a room and there's it causes other people to be happy, and it has an infectiousness to it. Well, that's not my message, but I throw that in there for free. <laughs> Paul, Paul recognized this need to be happy all the time. <laughs> you, you look at that, and you want to go, all the time? You know, before I get my coffee in the morning? I mean, are we talking all the time? <laughs> I didn't look up the exegesis of that word, but I bet you find out it means always. How often should we be happy? I mean, overwhelmingly cheerful-looking, smile on your face so people can see that you actually have joy. How often should you do that? All the time. Uh, let me say it again to you. 
All the time, you should be happy, you know. <laughs> this is really a deep message. I know I'm going, I'm going really deep today. <laughs> well, is there an economy for, in God for us to be sad? I know you're asking that. Yes, Scripture says. Ecclesiastes 3, 4. It's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to laugh and a time to cry. I, I believe in God. There are times for that. I think when somebody dies... Um, I don't really think it's the time for you to come dancing into the room going, bless God, isn't he good? God works everything for good. I mean, there is a time to say that eventually to somebody who's just lost a loved one, but not right now. It's actually better for you to cry, Scripture says. We don't do that so well in our society as other societies do, but I want to encourage you. There's something about us actually crying together, you know. When somebody dies, your best response to that we had a friend who lost a son, and the first person she phoned, she was in our home group, this is years ago, and the uh, first person she phoned was us, and so we were over there before anybody got there. And I, I was really upset, actually. We just went in, she was rocking on the bed. Can you imagine losing a 14-year-old son? I mean, she was undone, you know. And we just, Jackie got on one side and I got on the other side. We rocked with her and cried. We just cried and cried and cried. You know? It was the thing to do. But people kept coming into the room going, oh, bless God, he's so good. Honey, go shut up, get out of here, you know. It's really not what she needs to hear right now. She needs somebody to grieve with her, you know. Have empathy, enter in to the grief that she has. I want to recommend that to you. I think another place that Scripture talks about being sad is in intercession. I think there's times we can pick up the burden of God for things, Scripture says with moans, with groans that are without words, you know, just groaning. There's a time for that. There's a time for crying and weeping in God. The Holy Spirit can come upon you and just open your eyes to see what he sees. And then I think the third thing we see in Scripture is mourning for sin. Blessed are those who mourn, not those that did mourn, those that mourn. I think when there's a sin that just keeps besetting, I, I think it's time to, to repent. Certainly coming into the kingdom, repentance is good for us, recommended by Scripture. But the rest of the time, like 99.9% of your life, God wants you to be happy. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Now, we gave you one in the Greek. Here's one in the, in the Hebrew. That's the word nawer. It means to sparkle, to be cheerful. Again, I mean, those that look to him are going to be radiant. I'm looking to him. You know, I'm serious. God's put a burden on me. No, those that look to him are going to be radiant. It's going to be something you're going to see. They're going to sparkle, you don't. Know. You need to sparkle a little bit. The message says, look at him, give him your warmest smile. God likes us happy. He doesn't like us burdened, moping, complaining, fretting, railing, all the things you can think of. Uh, that doesn't delight God, you know. He wants us to reflect him. God's a happy God. Cheerful countenance, give him your biggest smile. I think smiles are the language of faith. It's my message to you today, smile. You know. I think if you are full of faith, you're going to smile more often. 
But I think faith is, uh, I think smiling is one of the catalysts of, of, uh, of joy. And I think that it's so important that God emphasizes it's so important because this walk that God has called us to is a walk of faith. To step into everything that God has for us, we need to step into it by faith. And joy of the Lord. There's something in the joy of the Lord that changes. It changes our countenance. It changes our faith level. I want to recommend it to you this morning. The language of faith is to smile. When you're smiling, you're saying to God. I mean, give him your warmest smile when you come to him. How do you come to God, you know? The scripture says, come, give him your warmest smile. You know? <laughs> I mean, if you're coming to God with a smile, you're saying, God, I believe you are who you say you are. Oh, yes, I do. I'm smiling about it. And I believe that all your promises, Lord, I believe everything that you say about me is true. Oh, yes, I do, Lord. And I believe, Lord God, that all your promises are true, and I'm walking into those by faith. Don't you think so? We want to come complaining. We want to come moaning. We want to come with a whole lot of other things. But I want to say to us that God doesn't respond to any of those, actually. Scripturally, he doesn't. What God responds to is faith. So this word is actually quite important, you know. <laughs> I mean, how do you come to God? Do you come to God in fear? You come, I mean, if you're afraid, it's a good time to go to God. Do you come to God complaining, moaning, down, burdened, all the different things that come into play when we come to God? Scripture says rejoice always. That means that you can actually rejoice, whether you feel like it or not. You know? I don't always feel like rejoicing. You know? So you actually have a choice whether you're going to come to God in faith or you're going to come to God in fear, fretting, complaining. Give him your warmest smile. I recommend it to you. It changes the way you pray. It changes the tone of how you pray. I'm trusting you, God. I think we're these three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. I think just as we do in worship, we're encouraged by Scripture. And so those that are leading, we often encourage people, come on, let's dance, you know. Come on, shout to God. Or come on, let's clap, you know. So we encourage people. Scripture encourages us and all these kind of responses of our body. And how many have found that, that it, you may not feel like lifting your hands, but you just start lifting your hands and Something happens when you lift your hands, you know. Something happens when you dance. Something happens when you shout. It's like you engage this third part of your being, this body, and as you engage that fully into, leading, into worship, it's like something gets released on the inside, doesn't it? And suddenly you want to dance, you know. Suddenly you want to shout. Suddenly you want to lift your hands and say, oh God, you're so good. Well, I think the same thing happens with joy. I think there's a catalyst for joy, and I think it's smiling. You know. I want to recommend it to you this morning. I want to kind of take a, a message, a classic message on joy, and kick it, just give it a little kick, and say to you, there's a catalyst to your joy. It's smiling. I want to recommend it to you. You know, medical studies have shown the impact of laughing and smiling. 
Have you seen some of those over the years? I mean, it's radical what they tell you happens in your body just by smiling. Now, here's the interesting thing that they say in these studies, that whether it's real joy or whether it's fake laughing, whether it's real laughing or fake laughing, the impact's the same on your body. Hello, everybody. God says rejoice always. No, I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't want to be a fake, you know. No, just be obedient. That's all you have to do. Be obedient to him. I don't want to be a phony. No, just be obedient. God says if you put a smile on your face, it's good for you. Now, isn't it fun to see the world discover that 2,000 years later, you know? This actually works, you know. How about that? <laughs> I'll say, so that's just the introduction this morning. You guys got lots of time. You're up an hour early, 10.30. My first point, <laughs> number one, put it up there, Bernie. Number one is, is that God is happy. God's happy. You get around him and it's going to rub off. You say, oh, I don't know about this joy thing. I don't want to be happy. Well, don't hang out with God. Don't say, God, I want more of you. I just want to stay miserable. I really don't want to be too happy. I want to make my first point this, that God's happy. John 17, verse 13 says in the Amplified, and now I'm coming to you. Jesus is on his way. I say these things while I'm still in the world. That's good to underline. So that my joy may be made full and complete and perfect in them. Now the Amplified amplifies the meaning of that, that they may experience my delight fulfilled in them, that my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls, that they may have my gladness within them, filling their hearts. <laughs> while I'm in the earth, while you're in the earth. I mean, there's lots of joy in heaven, we know that. I mean, if you're having a hard time rejoicing, you better get over it now, because you're going to heaven, you know. <laughs> Heaven's a happy place, you know. I'm sorry they don't sing hymns all the time in heaven, I I know some of you are expecting that. <laughs> now, that's another message. Let me, let me get, stay on track here. Stay on track, Iris. Stay on track. But, it, but listen, God doesn't want us to wait to get to heaven to be happy. He wants you to be happy now, <laughs> here on this earth. While he was in the earth, he's explaining to those who are going to stay, he's going. He knows there's lots of joy where he's going. Interesting thing in Luke 1.44, I love this. While I was preparing this, I saw this. It says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That's what Mary said. You, know. you remember, the Spirit comes to Mary and says, you're going to be overshadowed by the Spirit, now I'm being impregnated by God. And your relative, Elizabeth, pregnant also. She's, I know she's way past being able to be pregnant. I think that God did that just as a... Well, he did it for a number of reasons, but I think it sure encouraged Mary's faith, you know. She's trying to believe all this. So Mary runs to see Elizabeth. I'd run to see Elizabeth too, you know. God's saying this to me. Wow, Mary really, Elizabeth really is pregnant. Well, this is really going to happen, you know. But isn't it fun as she, as Mary, Elizabeth says, as you greeted me. So I don't know whether she's across the room running towards her across the field or whether she's standing right in front of her. Or whether she's right up when this happened. It could well have been uh, Mary's excited to see Elizabeth that she shouts out to Elizabeth, hey, and this, Elizabeth said, as soon as you greeted me, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Jesus is not even in the world yet. <laughs> 
He's on the way. There's two wombs between. (laughs) One belly and womb, one belly and womb. (laughs) And some distance, I think. Maybe not. (laughs) Jesus, before he even gets here, (laughs) he's releasing joy. Well, I thought it was good anyways. I really liked it. I thought thought it was pretty neat. (laughs) Luke 10.21 says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. You want to get full of the Holy Spirit? You're going to get full of joy. I'm sorry. My second point is this: is not only that is it God? If it's God, then you can believe it's part of His kingdom. It's part of His kingdom. It's a major part of His kingdom. Romans fourteen verse seventeen: For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God. That means if you don't serve him that way, it's not so pleasing to God, you know. If you want to please him, walk in his righteousness, this righteousness that he declares over you, there's this call upon us to walk it out, see it walked out in our life. That pleases God. He loves it when we reflect him. This peace that he's dropped into our souls, the most amazing thing that happened to me when I got saved, I've shared that here before, is the peace of God. I didn't know I didn't have peace until God's peace came into me. I went, whoa, what is this? This is satisfied peace that came into me. Well, guess what? Right alongside, and it's not a poor sister, this, right alongside righteousness and peace, joy. I mean, they're fighting about how to eat and what to eat now that you're saved and whether you should eat this or not eat that. Christians for the last 2,000 years have been a real, doing a really good job of getting all wrapped up in minor issues. You know. Paul's saying, that's minor. Whether you do or don't, who cares? <laughs> the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Put your focus on the things that God calls you to put your focus on. And when you cooperate with God to see his righteousness released in your life, you extend the kingdom in the earth. Guess what we're here for? To extend the kingdom in the earth. When you receive the peace of God and you nurture this thing, how many have found there are things you can do and think upon, meditate on, that build the peace of God in your life and there's things you can do that rob you from his peace, you know. God said, boom, here's my peace. Now, I found since that came upon me, there's some things I can do to nurture that. There's some things that want to rob that for me. And guess what? Joy is like that too, you know. I mean, why doesn't God just pour it out like he was pouring it out in the 90s? Some people say, well, I wasn't around even in the 90s. I wasn't even born then, you know. So, it's funny that you can talk about the 90s and, and, and be old, you know. <laughs> that was just yesterday, wasn't it, bro? <laughs> I, mean, in, I mean, some people say, oh, we must have grieved God because the wave went back out. I said, I said to the guys, we never did anything to bring the wave, by the way. We were just here going, oh God, we want more of you. And the wave dropped in on us. Who can claim any, any making that happen, you know? And then the wave pulled out. I said, no, the wave's gone out. Now it's for us to nurture that thing. God said, hey, heads up, church. Joy is real, you know. And, and it's part of my kingdom, and you extend my kingdom now. Nurture joy. That's what I'm trying to say, you know. We've got a responsibility. Not, whoa, it's me, I missed that move. 
Where was I? <laughs> My third point is that we say, listen, God wants me to be happy all the time. He doesn't mean at my work, right? (laughs) God couldn't want me to be happy where I work, you know. What are we doing? Give us that next one, Bernie. Oh, yes. God anticipated you might say that. Ephesians 6, 7. Work with a smile on your face. Give me a break. Always keeping in mind that no matter what happens or who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. <laughs> How many have found that the, uh, maybe it's changed since I was in the workplace, <laughs> but I doubt it, <laughs> the world being what it is. <laughs> I mean, complaining is the order of the day, isn't it? It doesn't matter what kind of style you get or how great your conditions are. It's just something in the human heart wants to complain. And if you want to enter in and be part of the, the gang at work, you just get right into that, don't you? Just, yeah, what a lousy day today. Raining, you know. I had to walk the dog this morning. My life is so rough, you know. I mean, I got it bad. You think you got it bad? <laughs> Complaining, criticized, moaning, backbiting, and all the rest of it that goes with the workplace. But guess what? God put us there. That's where He wants to extend His kingdom. He doesn't want us being overwhelmed with the atmosphere of the day. The culture of the day, God wants us to infect the culture, you know. And you can do that. Say, oh, you know, I'm a timid person. I don't really. It doesn't take much to do it. You know what you can do? Put a smile on your face. Just cut right through all of that complaining. Just put a smile on your face. Everybody's moaning. Okay, I'm down too. No, just smile. I mean, who can knock a smile? I mean, in some places I'll try and knock it off your face, you know. But I'm, I'm just talking most places nobody can knock a smile. I mean, if you're laughing away in your cubicle all the time, they're going to wonder whether you're <laughs> short a few bricks or something. But, but who can knock a smile? And a smile is infectious. You know, I used to work in power plants way back in the day. And I used to do this just to be naughty. I'd just walk through the control room. I'd wait early in the morning till there's about six or seven guys in there. Maximum impact, you know. <laughs> Everybody's working there. I just walk through, just walking through, just whistling a tune, a little ditty, you know, some little ditty, something really bright and happy, you know. And then isn't it fun? You've tried this before. I can see it on your face. <laughs> and then all through the rest of the day, you hear people whistling it and humming it. And, and I've had guys many times say to me, I can't get this song out of my mind. I'm not saying nothing, you know. <laughs> well, how about smiling and laughing and Cutting it up. Why not? My fourth point is that we might be saying, I don't know, you should see some of the people that I have to minister to, you know. All of us are actually called to minister to people. All of us are shepherds in some way. As soon as you get saved, you've got a testimony that can infect somebody else. But some people really have a ministry in that. Some people have work that does that, social workers, Doctors just seeing problem after problem after problem. God anticipated that when he said, I want you to rejoice always. And it's a protection for you. Romans 12.8 says, if you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. Isn't that good? I mean, if you're called to do it, do it. We need it. 
especially you mercy-hearted people. We need mercy-hearted people. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated. That is possible with them. I mean, not everybody got the same shakes in life, so don't get irritated. Why don't they get it, you know? Why don't they just get a job, you know? Well, they're not working from the same base that you're working from. You know? Don't get irritated with them. And don't be depressed by them. That is really possible. Problem after problem after problem. When I was leading the church, I would, I'd kind of spread my problem things out, you know. <laughs> One a day is about all it can happen. Don't put three in a row. I mean, that'd be the end of me. Spread them out. Keep a smile on your face. Don't get depressed. Keep a smile on your face. That's pretty good advice, isn't it? Recommended to you, especially you mercy-hearted people. You need protecting, you know. I mean, some people can really enter into this thing. Put on your smile on your face. Stay in the place of faith. All right, so now you're saying to me, okay, that's somebody who's ministering to somebody else, but what about me? You don't know the things I've been through. I mean, the rejection, the, the hurt, the abuse, the pain, you know. Well, God anticipated that in Luke 6, 22. He says, blessed are you when men hate you. What? How many of you embrace that, underline that, and say, yeah, come on, bring it on in? I just want people to hate me at work so I can really rejoice and be blessed. You know? <laughs> if you do, you're a liar. I want to talk to you afterwards. You know? That's not the natural response of the flesh, is it? To say, hey, I'm blessed. Everybody hates me, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's some of this stuff Jesus asked us to do. Actually, everything Jesus asked us to do. It's just a way beyond. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you. You talk about rejection, you know. And revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day. Even leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven. The message says... You can be glad when this happens, skip like a lamb if you like, for even though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. (laughs) Listen, we recognize that we've all got something in our past. I can take you to things in my past. We could all have a past story meeting here. And I'm not trying to take light of the fact that some people have really been through some serious things. But what Jesus wants to say to you is you don't want to stay there. You don't want to be defined by that for the rest of your life. You don't want to walk around moping and sad and beat up looking. God says to you, try this out just by faith. I mean, for some people that it's so far down, you know, up is a long way up. What have you got to lose? Just start smiling. Every time you think of that abuse, just start smiling. It's in now you're very, really being insensitive, Ivor. I mean, this, this is real, what I went through. This abuse that I went through is real. I appreciate that. I pastored for 20 years. I appreciate some of the things people have gone through. It's shocking. It shouldn't have happened. This is a sin-sick world we live in. And that stuff can cause some serious, deep, deep scars. But you don't want to stay there. For your own good, bless, forgive. I mean, if you can't forgive, start smiling. Just start smiling about it. In the light of who God is, the light of the fact that he has saved you, it is ludicrous to not be happy no matter what has happened to you in life. 
Put a smile on your face. Break through it. Break into the place where you can forgive and bless those who have misused you and despitefully said all evil manner against you. Bless them in the name of Jesus. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Not because Ivor Lewis says you can. God says in his word you can. If Jesus said, smile when they hate you and say all manner of evil against you, you can do that. You can start doing something. I really want to encourage you. God has got a lot more for your life if you're in that place. God wants to heal you, and God is in the process of healing people all over the world who've been in what you've been in or even worse. You know. They just need to look up, fix their eyes on him. Well, my sixth point, you might not have guessed that this would be a point, but it is choose to smile. I already said that, Ivor. <laughs> you know, get over yourself. You know. Now, the Scripture doesn't get over itself. It keeps saying it again and again. Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying, crying the blues? Fix your eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising him again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. Job 9, 27 says, If I say I'll forget my complaints, I will change my expression and smile. In the message, it says, even if I say I'll put all this behind me, I'll look on the bright side and force a smile. It's an interesting thing about Job, isn't it? I mean, you think you're having a bad day, you know. <laughs> Try reading Job, you know. I mean, this is just misery, isn't it? You can't believe one guy went through that. You know? So all the way up to chapter 9, you're complaining. I'd be complaining too, wouldn't you, if I was Job? I'm, this, is, this is the earliest recorded writing that we have in the Bible. It comes later in the Bible, but it's actually the oldest book in the Bible. I mean, this is the other side of the cross, you know. If I was Job, I'd be down, and, and his friends are right there encouraging him. Yeah, you got it, bad boy. Christ and Morian. So you got all that up to chapter 9, and then you got this statement. I mean, there's not much to underline in Job, but you can underline that one. I recommend it to you. I think it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit just broke through and came out, and he comes out with this line. It seems so out of place, doesn't it? Complain, 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 misery, terrible. So he makes this statement, and then right back to complain, 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 until God intervenes. You know. That's the book of Job, by the way. You don't need to read it now. Even in my whole snob just of the book of Job. I'll forget my complaint and change my expression and smile. You want to say, yeah, that's what you need to do, Job. <laughs> that's exactly what you need to do. I don't feel like doing it. Holy Spirit just inspired thought of what he needed to do, because that's what we need to do, whatever our circumstances are. I'll force a smile. And in conclusion, in closing, I really am going to close. Philippians 3.1. I know you don't want me to close, but <laughs> Philippians 3.1. <laughs> finally, my brothers. That's great, isn't it, Paul? He says finally, and then he slips a couple more chapters in there. So. <laughs> He's been releasing pastors ever since. <laughs> this, is Mike's, this is Mike Graves' favorite scripture. He... He's got it up on his wall in his office, you know. <laughs> uh, Mike's not here. <laughs> I may never get invited here again, but <laughs> go out in style. I mean, hey. <laughs> Finally, my brothers, I've been saying it again and again and again. Rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it's a safeguard for you. This is part of the safeguard for you. The joy of the Lord's. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, yes, it is. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And we can choose to do that. It's a safeguard for us. Turn to the person next to you and say, you needed this message. Now turn to the person on the other side and say, you really needed this message. (laughs) When you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. Come and sing along with me. When you're laughing, when you're laughing, the sun comes shining through. But when you're crying, you bring on the rain, so stop your sighing. Be happy again, because when you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. (laughs) That's the doctrine according to Louis Armstrong. So I want to finish off with that just saying, try it out. I mean, why not? I mean, it's Monday morning, tomorrow morning. That's a good test, isn't it? I mean, why not try to say, we're going to just smile all, this Monday, we're going to break through the Monday blues. We're going to smile all day today. Just try it out and watch the faith level change in you. Watch the way people treat you. If you're not used to having some kind of smile, I appreciate people are working with different faces, you know. I mean, some, some people are battling. They just naturally have a face that doesn't look smiley, you know. I mean, we can't all look like this girl here. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I would like to be able to look like that. But just watch. If you're smiling all the time, it, people want to be around people who are happy. They don't really want to be around people who are a drag, you know. Pulling them down. Watch your faith level rise. Watch people treat you differently. And watch doors open for you. God... God is looking for faith. <laughs> this message is from the Lord this morning. Not Louis Armstrong. It's from the Lord. God is saying, you need this. This is a protection for you because actually everything I want you to walk into is by faith. So just watch things change. If you make that the habit of your life, try it for a day, keep on going. I'm going to finish with Psalm 16, verse 11. I really am. You have made known to me the path of life. You'll fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You want to be full of him? Get happy. Get used to being happy. Why don't you stand up? I'd love to pray for you.